an immediate antecedent of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead is the mystery of the Incarnation, whose cause, in turn, is found in the all-saving, all-life-giving will of our God for our salvation, a plan that he was pleased to develop from before the foundation of the world and the beginning of time, which God promised to the world both by means of law and prophets. In today's epiphany of the transfiguration of Christ, the will of God for our salvation, the mystery of the incarnation and of the resurrection of Christ from the dead, his baptism, the revelation of the Holy Trinity are all suggested. In fact, the story of the transfiguration overflows with images of the promise of the covenant through Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, Exodus, the Torah, and in the story of Abraham and his sacrifice of his son Isaac from the first reading. There are likewise images of Jesus' birth, the light in the sky, his baptism, the voice from heaven, which leads us to Jesus and salvation, pointing us to the Lamb of God. There are also references to the resurrection of Christ, his passion, and his predictions of his passion in this transfiguration story. There are likewise images of the sacrificial offering of the innocent as a holocaust, the obedience of Jesus and Abraham, Jesus and Isaac as the only begotten Son loved by the Father, and with the Transfiguration in particular, Jesus' prediction that he will suffer many things, be killed on the third day, and be raised. The Transfiguration of Christ shows us God's plan for our salvation, revealing to us who and what Jesus is. It likewise serves as a type of summary of our faith in Jesus Christ, Christ who is God, Savior, and Redeemer, and the good news of the gospel which is contained in the gospel. It shows why Jesus must go to Jerusalem, to God's dwelling, the place where the prophets were killed and died. What will happen to him there? How he continues in the line of the prophets who suffered, were maltreated, and who were put to death in Jerusalem, all in obedience to God's holy will. For the sake of the apostles and the Christian community, the transfiguration acts to strengthen their hope, confidence, and faith in Christ. It acts to prepare them for the coming ordeal in Jerusalem with Christ's suffering, humiliation, mistreatment, passion, crucifixion, and death looming. All the while, 
filling Peter, James, and John with a foretaste of Christ's glorification, resurrection, and life, and by extension, our resurrection and life in Christ. At the Transfiguration, as at his baptism, we see and hear the cloud and voice from heaven. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Christ's visage and clothing become dazzlingly white. He who is light from light, true God from true God, reveals his true and perfect nature, a nature ever radiant, everlasting and eternal, inexhaustible, a nature of light. Yet we who were made in God's very image and likeness share in this light. In the desert, at the exodus from Egypt to the Promised Land, a cloud of light guided and protected God's holy people on their sojourn, leading the way before them for 40 years. On the mountain, both Moses and Elijah saw God's glory and conversed with him. On the mountain, both law and prophets, represented by Moses and Elijah, testify to the Messiah's upcoming suffering and death. On the mountain, Jesus discloses his divine glory, confirming Peter's recently made profession of faith in him just a few short chapters earlier, a profession as Lord, Messiah, and God. It was in Jerusalem that the prophets met their humiliation, suffering, mistreatment, ridicule, and death due to the law and obedience to God and his law. Following in their footsteps, it was necessary then for Christ to go by way of the cross at Jerusalem so as to enter into his glory. In the Synoptic Gospels, six short days before the Transfiguration, Jesus teaches the apostles and disciples about the doctrine of the cross, that is, how to follow him, how to imitate him, how to emulate him, how to accept and embrace the cross. This in the context of his passion, prediction, and prophecy. This is what awaits him in Jerusalem. It is for us the backstory, as it were, of the Transfiguration. In the Transfiguration, Jesus reveals his coming glorification, that the scandal of the cross might be removed from the hearts of his disciples and followers. He is preparing to offer himself as the innocent and unblemished lamb who takes away the sins of the world and so bring true and everlasting life to the world. It is Christ Jesus who is, as we will hear shortly, the hostium purum, the hostium sanctum, the hostium immaculatum, that is, the pure victim, the holy victim, the spotless victim. Through the voice from the cloud, 
The Father instructs the apostles to listen to his beloved Son, echoing the instruction at the wedding feast of Cana of the Blessed Virgin Mary to the waiters to do whatever her Son tells them. And so, too, it is for us to listen to the voice of the Father from the cloud and the words of the Blessed Virgin Mary to the waiters. May we always and everywhere do what Jesus tells us as we gaze upon our transfigured, raised, and glorified Redeemer, following him at all times to Jerusalem and to the cross.